This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Zneimer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. Less than two months ago, we told you about a big tax problem Canadians with type 1 diabetes were facing. As of last May, hundreds were suddenly disqualified from getting a disability tax credit they had previously been eligible for. That raised a furor over what critics called the heartless treatment of diabetics. Well, just before the weekend, the Canada Revenue Agency said it would revert to the criteria it was using before the mass disqualification. Um, Very complicated and bureaucratic explanations for all of this. There hadn't been a change in policy, but uh, a change in in an explanation letter, um, as I said, very uh, complicated and uh, uh, explanations, very bureaucratic, but it looks like it's going to be okay. Um, The numbers to call if this affects you, 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740, and Right now, let's go to Kimberly Hansen, who is the Director of Federal Affairs at Diabetes Canada. Hello, Kimberly. Hi, Libby. So, um, is this fixed? Well, it, it's tough to say for sure that it's fixed, but this is definitely a big step in the right direction, Libby. Okay, can you explain? Well, we learned on Friday, as you mentioned, that the CRA has agreed to revert to its pre-May language in a particular letter that they use um, and that they will review all of the claims that they've denied from adults with type 1 diabetes since May. Uh, If they they revert to the pre-May language uh, throughout their interpretation and throughout their process of reviewing these applications, then this would be much better news. Uh, Things weren't perfect before May, but they were a far cry better than they have been since. um, So we're we're certainly hoping that what they mean to say is that we're walking back to the way that we used to do things before we made this change on May 2nd. And if so, that should mean that more than 80% of adults with type 1 diabetes who apply for this credit should be able to get it. Um, How many people were disqualified? Do you know? We know of between seven and 800 people who've reached out to us and let us know that they were de- denied the credit bet- since May of 2017. Uh, and I'm positive that that's not all of them. So I estimate that it's at least uh, 3,000 people. It could be even more. And we've heard from a lot of people that they didn't even know about this tax credit and that it was available to them until word of this problem broke. So I think that there are probably tens of thousands of Canadians who could have been benefiting from it that haven't been. Mm -hmm. And approximately how much money would it be worth on average? The tax credit itself is worth on average $1,500 a year per person, which is not a ton, but it definitely helps to offset 
the approximately $15,000 of costs that a, a person with type 1 diabetes has to bear out of pocket for their medical devices and medications each year. Mm -hmm. The other important thing about this tax credit, as you may know, Libby, is that when a person's available for that tax credit, they then also become available for other programs, one of which is a registered disability savings program that's uh, created to help people save for their future medical costs. And uh, a number of Canadians had saved $50,000 or more in those accounts and stood to lose the vast majority of it when they were denied eligibility for this program. You know, so I'm, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm not um, familiar with that. Is that kind of like an RSP where you can save money tax-free? It's very similar. And in addition, it attracts some government bonds and uh, grants in um, matching the contributions of the person who's eligible. So it's maybe even a little bit more like a registered education savings plan that we might have for our children to help save for their future education costs. And do do these people who have these accounts, do they have to pay tax on the money when they take it out or not? They, they will. At, when, yes, they will. And if for all the people that have been told since May that they have to close their registered disability savings plan because they're no longer eligible for the DTC, not only do they have to pay tax on any of the interest income, but the government was going to claw back all of its contributions under those plans, oh my which goodness. for some people is, as I mentioned, more than twenty, thirty thousand dollars $30,000 that they stood to lose. Wow. That's, mm-hmm. um, now, if they reverse this, does it mean that they will have to give the people those credits retroactively? There is a certain retroactivity of the disability tax credit, Libby, yes. You, normally a person can be uh, eligible retroactively up to 10 years, depending on uh, when they were diagnosed with a condition. So yes, this should, if it's applied properly and fairly, according to the rules that the CRA has, it should mean that there won't be a blip for those that have been affected by this this strange practice since May. We're going to be watching very closely, uh, we at Diabetes Canada, to make sure that that's exactly what does happen and would love any of your listeners who find that that's not their experience to, to let us know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I would. this sounds like, um, you know, on top of everything else, uh, something that is potentially a bureaucratic nightmare. I, I really, uh, I really think so, Libby. I think that this has just been a bureaucratic nightmare from front to back, and I think that it really speaks to why there's a strong need for the committee that's recently been reinstated, the Disability Advisory Committee, to act as a bit of an oversight mechanism of the CRA and a bit of a bridge between the CRA and Parliament to make sure that a department that functions with really relatively little oversight and accountability to the public has a bit more accountability, at least where it concerns their administration of uh, programs affecting those living with disabilities. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you have any sense of whether uh, this uh, sort of endangered people with other conditions who are eligible for the disability tax credit or whether it already had uh, affected them? We're hearing of an alarming rise in problems that people with certain conditions such as 
uh, a number of mental impairments, autism is a really high-profile one, uh, and some other conditions. We're hearing that there's been an uptick in rejection rates for people with other conditions as well. So, um, in fact, I, I'm going to I'm going to be rolling up my sleeves and trying to help those other organizations get to the bottom of this because uh, if there is a bit of a pattern here, we would want to overturn that as quickly as possible. Now, were you able to uncover what or who sparked this? Was this just some, you know, bureaucrat who uh, thought of a way to raise some more money? It's tough to tell, Libby. The results that we got under our access to information protocol request show clearly that A change was made on May 2nd. An email was sent out within the CRA, sort of one bureaucrat to a group of other bureaucrats, ordering a change in interpretation. Uh, But what we didn't get in the results was why. Who ordered that this new interpretation be made? What basis was that new interpretation made on? And as you know, uh, we, we continue to be told that there was no change, so it's been impossible to get a straight answer out of either the bureaucracy or the minister. Uh, I don't know why they did this. It, um, it, it, it does make one wonder if, if they were sort of hoping to uh, pad their coffers, but I can't speak to the reason why. I just really am hopeful that their announcement Friday means that we've achieved resolution at least for this one group of affected Canadians, and hopefully it will mean more fairness for other people with other conditions who've been affected more recently. Um, So, um, again, uh, this sort of started in May, and you you saw a letter from a bureaucrat. Uh, You have the name of that person, presumably? It's in the Access to Information Protocol, yes. Okay. Uh, and um, is any action being taken to, uh, to deal with that person? I'm really not clear about that, Libby. I don't know that that person acted in, in contravention of his or her role. I think that probably they received a request that they make that change from higher ups. Uh, and I, I really don't know what process the CRA may be going through to look at where things broke down so seriously. All I can say is that as a taxpayer and as an advocate, I really hope that they are looking at it because it's, it's concerning that such a, 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 a change that has such wide-ranging implications for so many people can be made so easily and with so little transparency and consultation. It really doesn't give me a lot of comfort that we won't find ourselves back in a similar situation to this in the near future, unless they really look at what went wrong. Uh huh. Um, and and again, um, so you you don't have a sense of you know uh, the cart who was in the cart who was in the horses, if you know what I mean. I don't, Libby. I think that it's clear that this was a decision that was pushed out within the bureaucracy. It's unclear to me whether there was any correspondence between the minister's office and the bureaucracy prior to this change being made. Uh, that I, I, If I had it to do again, I would probably word my access to information requests differently. But uh, hindsight is twenty twenty, isn't it? Okay, so um, uh, what would you uh, like to uh, leave us with on this? Well, I would like to say thank you wholeheartedly to you, other members of the media that helped get this story out, 
to all of your listeners who wrote to their, their MPs, who spoke up on social media and helped create the pressure that was essential to getting this issue fixed. It was a really a grassroots movement, and so we're extremely grateful for everyone's intervention and support. I would also say to any of your listeners who've been personally affected by this, please reach out to the CRA, ensure that they're reviewing your file, ensure that if you've already been rejected on appeal, that you reapply as soon as possible. And if you continue to have any problems, really would encourage you to reach out to Diabetes Canada. We would love to try to be of some support. Okay, well, um, thank you very much for this update. We're going to stay on top of this, and uh, we'll keep our listeners updated on this very important story. Thank you, Libby. Okay, uh, thanks very much for that. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay, uh, we are going to take a break, and we'll be right back after this. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.